0: Welcome to the Active Campaign Podcast, where it's all about marketing automation for your small business so you can get more done with less time. Find all the latest tips, tricks, and strategies in our ever-growing education center at activecampaign.com slash learn. And now our host, the Director of Education at Active Campaign, Chris Davis. Welcome to the Active Campaign Podcast. I'm your host. Chris Davis. On this episode, I have Robin sales. She's the CEO and founder of launching your success. Robin has worked in corporate training and sales for over 16 years, and now she takes that experience and helps you use your website and branding to create communication. That really resonates with your audience. On this episode, we talk about the business journey. We talk about what it takes to truly evolve into who you need to be to stay in business, to let me say, start, stay and grow in business. And then we end with. A a couple nuggets that Robin received coming to one of the study halls uh, that she was able to put into practice immediately and see some results. So this one is packed with great content. And again, a couple nuggets. You'll probably take more than those couple nuggets away. Uh, so I hope you enjoy. Robin, welcome to the podcast. Glad to have you on. How are you doing?
1: I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Yes,
0: yes, I'm I'm excited to have you on. Um of course, we had the I had the privilege uh to meet you in Tampa, right? It was Yes. Yeah, wow. Oh man, all of the study halls are just blending together in my mind. But we had it was it was such a good crowd and and I know that um you are one of my aha folks. <laughs> um, and I absolutely love all <laughs> of my aha folks. And that is somebody who's listening and some, the nugget, they catch it. And it's like, hey,
1: wait a minute. <laughs> I,
0: I, it we, makes sense. We
1: did. Like I could barely contain myself. I had such big aha moments in the back of the room.
0: Yes, I love it. So give our listeners a little bit of insight on you as a person and, and, and what your business is.
1: Sure. So I run a company called Launching Your Success. We focus on brand and communications coaching and training. I'm particularly interested in and focused on the intersection of where personal brand meets performance. Mm. And so I, because I have 16 plus years in corporate learning and development, sales and sales management, I tend to work with sales and customer service teams on the corporate end because they really understand the impact of personal brand on performance and the value of differentiating. Differentiating yourself um, in in competitive marketplaces, and then with coaching, one-on-one coaching, it's usually with small business owners, entrepreneurs, um, content creators, people who have big ideas, like big community-changing, world-changing ideas that they haven't quite figured out how to articulate their message in a way that connects with that ideal client. And so I really help them get super clear on their value that they bring to the table and communicating that in a way that really fits their authentic voice rather than putting together something that feels scripted, um, or, or kitschy, Mm. um, so we, we go for timeless storytelling and brand messaging rather than, you know, flashy trends, um, and just really get to the heart of helping people connect with their ideal client. I, I tell people all the time, I don't care how super weird or bizarre or ultra niche your area of expertise is. Mm-hmm. There is literally somebody on Google right now looking for you. Yeah. <laughs> So my job is to help you figure out the right words and phrases that are going to catch the attention of that person who's already looking for you.
0: Yeah. And it's becoming more and more important because like you said, that person is looking for you. And when they find you, you need to connect with them, right? Immediately Mm -hmm. through what they experience on your website. Tell, Tell me, tell me this, Robin, was, was this something you can trace back To your younger years and say, Hey, I've always been passionate about design and and story. And just, I didn't know what that looked like. What, what were some of the previous years? What did they look like for you?
1: Sure. You know, I, I I used to joke that sometimes if you looked at my resume on paper, it didn't make sense, but now I think it absolutely does make sense Mm. because the through line running through all of it is communication and understanding how people communicate and relate to one another mm. and and being able to get ideas across effectively. So before I was in corporate, I was in retail um doing customer service in, you know, your local friendly neighborhood mall. Um and then before that, um I briefly was in journalism. Mm. So I was an editorial assistant for what we call a weekly tabloid paper. Um, so not your daily newspaper, but the thing that comes out at the end of the week that tells people where to go and what to do, Mm -hmm. that was a lot of fun. And I learned a lot about, um, communicating quickly and concisely in that job. Um, and before that I was an actor, I was a theater major in high school and college and out of college, We had a theater troupe, we did a weekly improv show, and we also did performance art theater at like renaissance fairs and street festivals. So our specialty was being able to interact with the public and pull them in and make them a part of the production. And I tell people constantly that my improv training has served me better, way better than any formal business training I've ever received.
0: Wow. And and you know what? It's it's funny. The intangibles that I, I don't want to say pick you pick up, but the intangibles that are revealed to you that you have along your journey. Mm-hmm. Right. You you could be in, like you said, in a corporate setting, retail, whatever. And whether it be a hobby on the side or just something, it will illuminate something in you that you're like, oh, well, wait a minute you know I never thought of that and for me it was I had a similar path where it's just like I looked at my resume for years and was just like what does electrical engineering have to do with marketing automation like how, <laughs> <laughs> what is the connecting point point?" and it, it took a while and, and one day somebody asked me and I was as I was explaining what I did they just kind of looked at me and was like oh so you've always been in automation and yeah I was like oh Yes, you're right. It has. It just changed the, you know, the went from programming missiles to businesses. But, you know, it's the same logical approach. And then, you know, in that one of the things that drove me away from engineering was the lack of connection. I really like connecting with people. So that is another one of those uh, intangibles that you, you can't teach somebody connection, right? Like you can give somebody pointers, but some people are natural connectors, so yeah. just picking all of these things up about yourself along the way, and then you realize a vehicle that you can put it in that's valuable for others to consume and, and engage with. It's, it's amazing.
1: It's so much fun. And especially when you figure out how to how to pick and choose the right puzzle pieces to craft a career for yourself. That's like every day I wake up and I'm like, cool, what's the universe going to throw at me today?
0: <laughs> yes. So, So Robin, tell me this. Um, we, we all know all the listeners know, and then all the business owners know that there's that point in your journey where you're just like, you know what, maybe I miscalculated this thing. Like as much as I enjoy the branding, the story piece communicating, maybe I'll just go back to a, or maybe I'll just start doing B, or maybe I'll just quit altogether and pick up C. Can you tell us what that point was for you in your business journey?
1: Sure. Uh, so my best friend jokes that what's going to be written on my tombstone when I die is maybe this will work because <laughs> um, <laughs> that's kind of how I approach everything. But um, I, when I started this business, so August will be the five-year mark for launching your success. Wow. And congratulations. When I, thank you. And um, when I started, I really expected and I built the business around workshops being the the lead seller, if you will, like, that's the thing I lead with. That's the thing that I'm going to get the most bites off of. That's the most work I'm going to do because I really understood that world I, I was the person, you know, running training departments in the corporate world. And, you know, I understood what it was like to bring in a facilitator from the outside. I understood having to go through legal authorization and accounting protocols and all of the things that you have to go through in order to bring somebody like me into your organization. And so I have the benefit of that as I now pitch myself to these organizations. And I just really think that there is nothing... Um, uh, e-learning and mobile learning will never replace classroom training because there's a special kind of magic when you put a group of people in a room together and have them working towards a common goal. Mm. And you you just can't replicate that in a virtual setting. So I really expected that that was going to be the bread and butter and it would allow me to hold space to do some one-on-one coaching on the side. And as my business has evolved over the years, about two and a half years into it, I just had more and more people coming to me wanting coaching. And then um, I, I had originally set it up on this sort of one and done type of service. And then I had my first coaching client go, well, how, how do I keep working with you? And I was like, uh, I don't know, let's <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> and, and now all of a sudden, the scales of my business have tipped almost completely where a majority of what I do is one-on-one coaching. And although workshops are still a a large part and still, you know, certainly they represent the biggest financial piece of the pie. Those sales cycles are so long and I don't have the stress of keeping that pipeline intensely Full because I have all these wonderful coaching opportunities and, and now we're coming up with new products and solutions for these content creators and these entrepreneurs and these world changers beyond just coaching. Um, and, and so the, the more I get to work with individuals and, and figure out how we're uniquely qualified to help them, the more our services are expanding on the one-on-one side, much more than I ever would have imagined that they would.
0: Wow. So you you were in you were engaged with and very much intentional with your shifts in your business with respect to the feedback and what you were seeing in the market.
1: Mm hmm. When people tell you what you are, you should listen to them. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. that was a big
1: that was a big lesson for me to learn
0: yeah it, like my
1: clients were basically saying this is what you yes. are to us this is what we need from you and I was like no but I do workshops
0: yes yeah. right it's the classic <laughs> battle of how I want you to see me and how you're seeing me mm-hmm. right like sometimes you're the pride the, the entrepreneurial pride will not allow someone to hear how people are seeing them because they're so sold on being who they want to the, their audience to see them as and you don't you don't lose you don't lose with listening to your audience and understanding mm-hmm. what they're saying because in that they they are they're saying hey look I I see you I have a problem and I see you as the solution to it and that's literally what we're in business for
1: yeah <laughs> yeah and it was it was certainly a moment of drinking my own kool-aid as well mm. You know, I, I had to bring in somebody else to do for me what I do for other people, because we can't hold that mirror up to ourselves. We're too close to it.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really great point. And it's no knock. I know a lot of people struggle with that uh, because it, it, it requires some transparency, some vulnerability in a sense. But at the end of the day, not so much, because how can you expect to be able to see you better than someone from the outside, right? Like you say, you're, you're too close. And a lot of times, Robin, that's the, that's the one piece that I see hold a lot of people back. They could be Absolutely. great at marketing. They could be great at this. So since they think they're great at it, they try to be great at it in their business. And it's like, you know what, you're actually greater at someone <laughs> else doing it and you providing direction when it comes Absolutely. to you. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, I am not much of a sports fan, Mm. but I find sports analogies to have the most universal appeal. And so whenever I'm working with a business owner, business owners in particular and entrepreneurs, when they're struggling with this, I'm like, who is your favorite sports athlete? Because I guarantee you, they have a coach (laughs) and they still practice. You know, there's still somebody who is holding them accountable for their skill set. You know, I don't care how much money you know, Kobe Bryant made or LeBron James or, you know, the, whoever is the leading baseball star at the moment, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. They still have to practice. Somebody's still holding their feet to the fire. Somebody's still helping, helping them sharpen their saw. Um, and, and so why do we in the information business space, uh, think that we're any different?
0: Yep. 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 I agree. Everybody needs a coach. And everybody needs someone else to help them build their business. You you just have to have it. Uh, and, and it's one of the hardest things because for me, I, I know personally, um, I understand all the tech. And, and one of the biggest things for me to let go, Robin, was my website.
1: Mm.
0: It was just like, oh, you know, but I know exactly how I want it coded on the back end. I want it to be able to this, you know. Um, but when I realized, you know what, I've got to be the quarterback here. I've got to be the. I I should. Yeah, I I had to be the quarterback here and call the plays and put other players in position to take it to the end zone for me, right? Instead of me saying, "Hey, I have it all. I'm gonna throw it. Then I'm gonna catch it. And then when I catch it, I'm gonna run." (laughs) (laughs) So like.
1: In the moment, it sounds like the right idea. It sounds totally reasonable as the right idea. And then once you get far enough away from it, like once you step back and you can see the forest for the trees, you realize how ridiculous it sounds. Like, why did I possibly think that I could and should do all of this? And then when you break down the numbers of it, like for me, I I guess because I have a sales background, Mm -hmm. uh, you could give me all of the emotional and rational Arguments in the world, but I had to break down. This is what my time is worth per hour. Mm -hmm. And if I'm spending an hour toying around with some piddly detail on a website or on a marketing email, like, is that really the best use of my time? You know, how am I going to recoup that expense? Yep. You know, instead of hiring someone else to come in and do it. And that's the only thing that they have to worry about. They don't have to worry about the 15 other things that I have to worry about yep. in that same hour. And I can go apply my time and my value to the things that I'm good at and, and create more time to help more people.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think calculating the value of your time is one of the best exercises anybody can do because it's one step closer to understanding your value and communicating it effectively. Uh, A lot of times when people struggle with pricing, when they struggle with positioning and and flat out asking for the sale, it comes from that just a lack of understanding the value of your time. And when you know it, like you said, you're like, wait a minute, on average based on my client work and the amount of time it takes for me to complete uh, projects and the amount of revenue that I make, I'm at about $150 per hour. Right. Now, if you knew that and someone says, hey, I just wanted to pick your brain and I take you out for coffee. You know what? (laughs) I'll I'll even give you fifty dollars. Right. You immediately know. Wait a minute. Fifty dollars for an hour with this person (laughs) that may not transact into anything bigger or stay focused on projects that are paying me one hundred and fifty dollars or more. Um, I think it's a great exercise. It's a great exercise that everybody should do or at least have done once in business. um, Anybody that has done it will, will probably say, yes, I'm glad I did it too. Robin and Chris, I'm glad. Um, I,
1: I hope so. It's, and it's certainly something that I keep bringing in more and more, even with um, creators that I work with, Mm. you know, it was an obvious thing to bring in and working with business owners and entrepreneurs, but I find that I'm bringing it in with creators as well Mm. to help them see the value of delegating and and saving their time for the things that they're naturally built to be gifted at yeah. um, and, and use their time a little more wisely.
0: Yeah, I think it's uh, yeah, it's just amazing. I just had this vision, Robin, as you were talking and now you've got me in this sports field. <laughs> um, and, and it's like an uh, in internal to active campaign. We had Bill Joy. He was on the podcast, too, and he talked about coaching you know, and and how to how to be coachable. His term Mm -hmm. was coachability, how to be coachable and how to coach others. And as we're talking, I I do. I see a a progression in business from the player to the quarterback, to the coach, to the owner. Right. And some people will make it all the way to the owner where they have everybody kind of doing everything for them. That's fine. Some people, maybe they stay in the player mode. Right. Some people make it to the quarterback. Some people make it to the coach, whatever level that you desire to operate in your business. The same is required of you. And that is, of course, additional help and to understand the model. Right. Understand mm-hmm. the best model for you to be able to operate in your zone, in your zone of genius and be willing to say no and let go of those things that that don't benefit you. Robin, I have to admit, I have enjoyed this. This was not <laughs> this was not my topic, Robin. I promise <laughs> I wanted to talk about email overrates, but this has been so good. Um, and I think that a lot of times on uh, in, in mediums like this, it's better to just kind of let the flow. Go right, mm-hmm. and I and I think that you said a lot of things already that maybe I didn't realize that our listeners needed to hear. So I'm glad and thank you for kind of going with the flow with me in that aspect. But I do want to stay true, <laughs> want to stay true to what we agreed upon. And and Robin, I was I was able to again connect with you at at the study hall, and and you you had an aha moment, and you were able to take that, put it into practice, and and, and get some results. I just wanted you to share with the listeners what what that was.
1: Sure. So the timing worked out brilliant. Um, Myself and my chief collaborator, who does a lot of copywriting and things for me, um, we were both in attendance at the Tampa Study Hall. And it was about two weeks out from when we were going to launch a pretty big campaign. Mm -hmm. So I had a, a large speaking engagement. And we wanted to offer some resources and get people to take advantage of them right away. And so we started with a text opt-in, an SMS opt-in. And then we had four emails immediately behind that, and then a fifth later follow-up email. And based on what we learned in the study hall, I think the the first big aha, where I literally like threw my fists up <laughs> into the air <laughs> in the back of the room was, um, You had said something about, you were enlightening us about open rates Mm. and how you're going to get your, you're always going to have your best open rate on that first email and then it's going to go down from there. And we had originally had our follow-up email structured so that it was more of a sort of bland Thank you so much. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Like, if, if you'll forgive the term, our first email that we were gonna send was a nothing burger. <laughs> and then I, oh, I was telling you guys about my concept of the pickle. I picked that yes, up from my retail yes. days. So when you order a sandwich at the restaurant, um, they don't tell you it's gonna come with a pickle, and then you know the plate arrives and on the plate with your sandwich is a slice of pickle. And it's a nice little surprise. And so in customer service, we used to talk about, you know, what's the pickle? How can we give people the pickle, the thing that they weren't expecting, and they get to enjoy along with whatever it was that they purchased or subscribed to. And so for me, I wanted to make sure that I gave this particular audience uh, a pickle. And we were going to do it in our second email. And then after hearing that bit about open rates and how you should really have your best content in that first email, because that's the one that's going to get the biggest open rates. We, we flipped our order of the emails and we put the pickle in the first email. Mm. And so I'm looking at our stats and that first email has a 64% open rate. Wow. Yeah.
0: Wow. Mm, I love it. And
1: then we, you know, we expected them to take a nose dive, but I, I have to tell you, we got, we got so excited after attending study hall. We were like, let's reevaluate everything. Let's look <laughs> at the copy in each email, you know? And, um, so we have an average across all five emails. We maintained an average open rate of 45%, mm. which, which was totally unexpected.
0: Love it love it and and just to provide just a little insight to get the whole story come out to study hall everybody com forward slash events but oh my the- god I
1: tell everybody <laughs> go if it's coming to your town go
0: yes right because it, it was one of those things where you know it is often overlooked but it is you're you know I we frame it as you're you're buying people's attention right mm-hmm. for they give you you're giving them something of free value. And in return, they're giving you their attention and how you capitalize or cash in on that. That attention is whatever information you've requested. So it's an email. So if I if I have captured your email address at that point of capture, I have the most attention you will ever give me. That's just what it is. The excitement is at an all time high at that point. So dare I waste that attention? on what you qualified as a nothing burger and nothing burger email <laughs> it only deflates it there's this curve that we talked about it's either a cliff or a slope <laughs> a smooth ski slope and your engagement is either going to drop dramatically or it's going to have a smooth taper and for you robin if it seems like you guys have found that smooth hill taper where it's not so dramatic from like 55 to 30 to 10 you know it's mm. it doesn't drop below mm. four so that is amazing.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so we're also looking at um, email number four dipped the lowest, mm-hmm. um, and so now that's a big indicator to us. Okay, let's let's go look at the content of email number four and figure out w- what they didn't like about it, mm. <laughs> you know, or why it didn't because it went back up again for email number five. Yeah. So so cl- clearly something. And, I, you know, that was our email number four was our offer email. And I, I think maybe for this particular audience, the offer was a bit too um, hard mm. for, for lack of a better term. Maybe we could have had a softer offer or, or made the benefits of the offer a bit more compelling yeah. um, because they're not disengaged with us. They were just disengaged with the content of that email because email number five, the open rates went back up again. Mm. So that tells us a lot about the the content and the context of our emails that we're going to start dissecting going forward. I, I also want to make sure I share the other big aha that mm-hmm. we got okay. from the Active Campaign Study Hall was letting people binge content. Yes. And I really attribute that to our successful open rates as well. Cause we were going to have this stuff drip out day one, day two, day three. And when we heard you go, why make them wait? We were like, why would we make them wait? (laughs) And, and I think it was particularly impactful because I, this was over the course of a conference. And so I spoke on the first day of the conference, but then I was still around engaging with these folks for the next two days And I literally had people like flag me down in the hallways and go, Oh my God, I've been loving all of the emails. Like they were consuming them on the spot, you know? And and so we got immediate feedback. Um, And then even at a meeting, like a month later, I had a person like shout across a table, like, Oh my God, I'm loving all of your content. You know, like they had been (laughs) through the whole email series. So... That was a huge one for us and we're completely not only are we reevaluating email campaigns going forward to to make sure that we've got that bingeable element and we've got our pickle in the very first email, mm-hmm. but um, we're we're going back at previously created automations and going, okay can can we retrofit these to make them more bingeable make the content? Uh, a little more consumable.
0: So, yeah, no, that's great. And, and again, it's, it's one of those things as marketers, we, we have to commit to two things, right? One is always understanding the shifts of the market, right? What is happening within our society, within our market that is influencing people's behavior. And then two, looking at our marketing, measuring it to optimize. Right. For you. You saw, hey, four drops and five comes back up. So that means it's not that they're not interested in what we have to say. It's just whatever we're saying in that one email that we have to Mm -hmm. fine tune. That's the magic. That is it. I I mean, a lot of people look for like a one stop shop in marketing and it's not. It's a journey and it's an, an evolution. And it's ongoing (laughs) and you're always tweaking. You're always learning. You're always shifting. You're always measuring and you're always optimizing based on what you you measured. Robin, this has been absolutely amazing. I knew it was going to be. I knew it was going to be this, Robin. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it. Um, But if people want to find out more about you and your business and connect with you, where can they go?
1: They can go to launchingyoursuccess.com. And I am also all over social media at either at launch underscore success or at Robin sales, R-O-B-Y-N-S-A-Y-L-E-S.
0: Great. And, and I'm going to give you a shameless plug here. Everybody, when you go to our website, I want you to pay special attention to how the design and the messaging are aligned. Okay. That's all I'm going to say, <laughs> but just take, make special note of it. Because uh, in, in short, I think this is a trend that that Robin's website embodies that we are going to start to see more of as we see more people capitalize on story branding online using their website. So um, hats off to you, Robin and team for doing such an amazing job on your website.
1: Thank you so much, Chris. Yes.
0: And thank you for coming on again. This was great. I really appreciate you taking the time out to come on. It was great connecting with you in Tampa and even greater now that we have you on the podcast forever. (laughs) Yay. It
1: was so so fun. Thank you for having me. Yes.
0: Thank you. And I'll see you online.
1: Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Active Campaign Podcast. I hope you enjoyed Robin's story and her nuggets. It is always refreshing and I don't think we can get enough of it as entrepreneurs to really hear about the process, right? What does the progression look like as someone who starts out with the skill and wants to build a business around that skill? So again, it's that migration from player to quarterback to coach to owner. Right. Um, And some of us, we don't desire to make that full transition. Other of us do. So just so you know what you're up against, as well as the nuggets. Listen, when you're listening to something, whether it's a workshop or a podcast or a webinar, it is imperative that you take what you learn and put it into immediate action. That's what we saw Robin do. And she got immediate results from it. If this is your first time listening to the active campaign podcast, this is the time where I make a personal invitation to you in a virtual extension hand extension to welcome you to join a family of listeners, small business owners that are dedicated to growing their business through the proper and intelligent use of technology in their marketing. We're in iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, wherever you can subscribe to a podcast we are there. Make sure you type in the Active Campaign podcast and subscribe. Give us five stars and a, and a great rating to help us get the word out. If you're looking to get started with Active Campaign or you're stuck in any capacity with Active Campaign, we have too many resources available to you for you to stay stuck. First is the Education Center, activecampaign.com forward slash learn. That's where you can get all of the guided content for you to consume at the rate and the medium that you prefer if you want to talk to somebody one-on-one activecampaign.com forward slash training will allow you to sign up for a one-on-one and talk to one of our success representatives if you would be up to having an experience similar to robin's and, and by that i mean coming to one of our live study hall events i want to let you know i personally would like to meet you and i speak for our entire team We do these study halls so that you're able to put a face with the brand. Know the people behind the business. We enjoy meeting you and we want you to enjoy meeting us. Go to ActiveCampaign.com forward slash events and see if we're coming to your city or a city near you. I've been told they are worth traveling for. So come out, meet us, let us meet you. And if you go to activecampaign.com forward slash events, you'll see all of our study hall events. If you use the code podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, at your point of registration, you'll get a, a discount off of your registration as well. This is the Active Campaign Podcast, the small business podcast to help you scale and propel your business with automation. I'll see you on the next episode.